All right, guys, welcome to the Portable Success Podcast. It is me again, Emily, and today I have Alex joining me, who is a good friend of mine from the gym, uh, but also an entrepreneur himself, works full-time, and is now starting an exciting new project, which I'll let him tell you more about. Welcome, Alex. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, excited to be on. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's brilliant. So, like, obviously... I'm very fortunate to have known about this project practically since it started. And I was just as excited as you were when you first told me about it. <laughs> and I remember standing there in the gym as you're trying to do a, a like, I think you were doing some uh, like back pulls or something. And I'm there like, no, tell me more about the project, please. Um, so do you want to tell people a little bit more about yourself? Kind of like, cause obviously you work full time. You're very much like I am. Um, you work full-time but you've got obviously the side project going on and yeah just tell us a little bit more about yourself yeah sure uh, gosh so I yeah I remember actually that when we were in the gym um, and you I think we were doing a bit of a photo shoot and just training and just catching up and then I was like I, wanna, I remember messaging you before but like Emily I want to uh, want to catch up with you on a couple of things I want your opinion on things so yeah no, I appreciate that so yeah so yeah Alex Evans um, I, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I work full time um, in specifically the, the IT, cybersecurity software sales industry. Um, God, that sounds very long when I say that. But uh, yes, yeah, so I've, worked, I've worked in the IT industry for about, I think, four or five years now. Um, currently in my third role within the industry. Um, and it's brilliant. It's, it's been, super, you know, corporate. Um, I've been in it yeah, for, I think since I was 19, I think it was, um, at a local um, organization based in Winners Triangle, and then sort of worked my way up, built relationships, went into the city on my second role. I lived in the city for, for a couple of years, um, which just, you know, boosted me up in terms of, um, you know, the career progression because of the, the exposure that you get there, um, especially working for a startup, which I did. Um, there was only about eight of us, I think. Um, so that gave me great exposure to senior management to you know what sort of salespeople as well so um yeah did little did i know at the time how much that would have uh, helped me later on down the line so but yeah as i say so now in my third role um there um i can go into a little bit detail on what i actually do with that if you want um but uh, but yeah so that, that i do that full time which is very much full time <laughs> um very demanding i know we've spoken before in terms of just going at the moment especially during isolation it's just back-to-back -back conference calls um super intense at the moment and uh yeah sales role so you live and die by your last quarter's number and uh yeah it's always you know you're your own and, and that's what i've learned as well personally is that within sales especially you're essentially an entrepreneur because you own your own number you are literally you know the more deals that you close the more business you win the more commission you're going to get so are you going to sit around and not do a lot and just do the minimum or are you going to try and you know, hammer, hammer it all day, every day, hammer the phone, hammer the emails and try and smash it. So that's quite an interesting thing that although you're in a, you could be in a large organization of people, you're very much, especially within sales, you're self-sufficient and you're just, you're your own manager basically, um, which is good, which is really cool. And I think if you're the right mindset, you'll progress really well there. So that, that's, um, that's sort of my full-time thing. Um, as you mentioned, yeah, Project X, as I'm calling it now. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's going, that's, I've been working on that for just over two years now, um, which is crazy to think of the journey. Um, but yeah, that's going live in about three to four months or so, um, depending on 
sort of a few things that we're we're waiting on finalizing and stuff but yeah that's um that's been a whirlwind i don't know yeah that's yeah i've got business partners who are investing in in the idea which is just crazy to think about people twice my age are investing in an idea i thought of that's just bonkers because that's just yeah i still to this day sort of can't believe it um but it's amazing and they're great guys i've known um i've known them for five or six years i think so you know we've known them for we know each other for a while and, and it's actually quite interesting because the i didn't go to them especially or go or go to one or whatever first for specifically going can we can we work on this it was and i'm glad i did looking back i the way i approached it i was you know it was a bit they were sort of mentors for me but personally and, and career-wise um and i went over to them and uh, and i said uh what do you think of this as a, as a business? Does, could this be something? Is this an idea? Because I just thought of it overnight sort of thing and just thought, hang on, let's do some research. And I looked into it and I thought, hang on a minute, this, this could be something. Um, so I literally went to them and said, what do you think? Not, would you fund it? Would you partner with, you know, just, is this something I, should, I could pursue? And they went, yeah, definitely. Build a, build, let's build a business plan and let's, um, let's look at the figures. <laughs> and I thought, wow. So yeah, that was, yeah. Two years ago and it's sort of it's grown into a, you know the the little baby it is now and then I can't wait for you guys to get on it really. So you talk a lot about mindset and stuff like that because mm -hmm. obviously I think um, I think the way that you've just described essentially your day job leading into your project x as we're calling it um, everything like that what I find incredible is that you you linked being a salesman that obviously Else with your entrepreneurship like which I really think it does because at the end of the day either whether you're selling yourself as a personal brand or you've made a, a, a product or anything you still need to be able to market and advertise and stuff and then you talk a lot about mindset which is really obviously intriguing for someone like me because I love psychology in general I'm a bit of a geek about it um there's a lot of people out there though that think that they can't do it. You know, like you had an idea, went to investors, you've got investors, which is insane. Like, I love hearing about your story in general, but like what, what it, for people who think that they can't do it, what sort of mindset do you think that maybe you need to adapt to or look into, or even some like research that you need to do in order to just kind of help yourself instead of feeling like, you're not going to be able to do it because there, as I said, there's so many people out there who think they're not going to do it. So what are your thoughts about your mindset around it that helps you obviously be able to go and do what you want to do? Yeah, great question. I think it's from the get-go. I think there's sort of two things for me, which I wouldn't be able to say straight away. It's all say, saying back, sort of looking at, especially the last five, six years, how, how that is the mindset sort of approach. So for me, I think, and a, and a, and a, a point that my mum sort of always said to me when I was younger and I didn't realise all the relevance to it was, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> you know, like, what, you know, investors risk it, you know, investors invest at their own risk. They know startup worlds, you know, I think I can't remember the stats, but something like 70% of startups has failed in the last three years or something like that. Something along those lines, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a real risk. So. That, that's the worst that could happen. You could lose that money. So absolutely, <laughs> it's. But you've got to say that. You know, I don't know whether or whether you're pursuing. I don't know, creating your own TikTok career or you know YouTube vlogging or starting a, a software as a service platform or starting. I don't know, building a, a business 
the car mechanic business or something, it's like, what's the worst that can happen? And nine times out of 10, it's not disastrous, that disastrous and, and not something that you can recover from. Um, but I think that's, that's the main sort of thing that, that you've got to have that focus on as well. If you, I mean, I saw a post the other day um, that it says, if you doubt yourself, don't think you're the only person because entrepreneurs and people who do their own things, I doubt myself all day, every day. I, I, I'm on calls or I'm, on, I'm having negotiations around very large cybersecurity deals or I'm having conversations around you know, investing or finances, what, you know, all these sorts of things. And it's like, you, you've got really got to, you really got to back yourself on that. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's quite an interesting, I think it's quite an interesting way that you manage that and, and grow it. Um, over the period of time as well. But yeah, I think in, in terms of that, you've really just got to back yourself. Um, if it's something that you genuinely have a passion in, if, if, uh, uh, the, sorry, I'm going all tangents at the moment, but I'm just mind blur. But um, I think you've got to start sort of with, with the mindset of this could be nothing. And if it's anything over that, happy days. Yeah. Um, and especially, I think a lot of people as well, just to go on from your, your point, I think a lot of people, when, when they say they doubt themselves, they also think, I want to do something. I want to hustle. I want to build my own you know, passive income. I want to build my own thing or, or whatever like that. And, it's, and they're like, well, I don't know what to do. Yeah. That's, and you're like, well, if, okay, if you don't know what to do, it'd be interesting to get your perspective on this. But personally, and I've given the, 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 the advice before to people, and I've gone, do something you hate do a job that you really, really, really hate, that you hate to go to, um, because that will teach you or show you something you have a passion in. Because it's human nature to, to you know, gravitate towards something you have an interest in or you have a project, everyone does, no matter what. So, you know, even if you do something that you don't like, I don't know, maybe like a, I don't know, dishwasher sort of role or, or something like that, it's not ideal, it's not a career, but you have that. And equally, it's a mindset thing as well. So if you're doing a job like that, and I have personally sort of considered it in terms of my career, in terms of doing something that's less stressful, less less demanding, so that I can just use those hours as, you know, dupe. I just have an income. I don't have to use my mindset for that, and I can focus my mindset elsewhere. Fortunately, I've got in a role where, um, you know, I, I've, I've learned a lot, so I've been able to carry it over. But yeah, I definitely think do a job that you, that you, if you don't know what to do, do a, do something that you really don't want to do, because that will push you to to find hobby or a passion and then and then once you find that hobby or passion then work out a way to make money out of it don't work out if you're money you know great being money driven but if you go out how am i going to make loads of money personally it's not always the best route it's how do i deliver value how do i deliver something of interest and how do i build the life i want to build and then what do i need to learn to do that so <laughs> yeah I 100% agree on that. And literally your last point was my, my main thing. Like that would be my viewpoint on it. Like if I ever started any of my projects thinking this might make me 10 grand, this might make me 20, this might do this, might, this might do that. I wouldn't have got so far with it because then I would have just been like, well, that's cool. But maybe I missed my, you know, best friend's baby's birthday, or maybe I did this, or maybe that I did that. And especially for people definitely the people that I mentor and stuff I always tell them to just just do what you love doing it's like I know like your suggestion of doing something that you hate believe me being there done that because there are aspects of everything that you do 
and especially regarding business, there are definitely massive aspects in business that I don't like. And funnily enough, my biggest thing is I hate sales because I'm not a, I am a salesperson, but I'm not like the salesperson. Like I can talk your ear off and I can tell you how much value there is and stuff like that. And then it comes to the money part. And I've had to develop that over years because at the beginning I'd just be like, I just want to do it. Like now I'm invested in the project because I help businesses grow. So then once I get invested in it, I'm not thinking about money anymore. I'm invested. And I think that's where I've been lucky enough to go from having a merge elite to begin with, where I was helping people with clothing. Then, you know, then I went into film and photography, which downright is one of my favorite things to do in the world because I just love being able to capture things that people can't. Like if you're, and that's not just like with gym workouts and stuff, because obviously my main kettle of fish are gym influencers, but I've gone to weddings and I've done weddings and capturing those days is the best thing I have ever done in my life because you are taking a snapshot of their life that they've only got in their head mm. and putting it down. And, um, and yeah, and my mindset is usually that I love the tenacity of some people and I love when they're like I'm going to make a million pound I'm going to make you know I'm going to change a thousand people's lives or a million people's lives and I really really like that but then my humble side of me just goes if you help one person that is one more person that you helped and that's what I've always felt like you know the first business I ever took on and helped he only paid me 50 pound a month because we wanted to invest everything into his business. And now he does it full time. He does it full time. He's hired me for, well, he's hired me for a lot of stuff now. I've helped him hire people because obviously it, there's things that I didn't want to do. Um, and to me, that's more humbling than taking all those jobs off people just so I could literally just like stick it in my back pocket and just be like, yeah, look at, look at this. Look at all this money I'm earning. Look at me. <laughs> and to me, that's the biggest thing about my mindset. And I think it's why I'm able to still do what I do. Because I don't know about you, <laughs> but I've been called crazy. I've been called weird. I've been called many names under the sun, some good, some bad. Because there's not a lot of people who can wake up at five o'clock in the morning like I do, work, work a full-time job as well and also exceeding my full-time job I'm not just like cruising past so I can spend all of my time on my side businesses I work my lunch and then sometimes I can be still sat at my computer at nine ten o'clock at night not a lot of people want to do that <laughs> and that's why I'm always like so don't be doing it if you don't want to do it because everyone's got an agency these days everyone's looking at a Rolex or a fancy car or a big house and all of these things that were being shown on social media. But then I'm like, you need to really get a spatula and kind of go underneath that surface because it's, it's not fancy cars and it's not fancy watches. They are a great side to it, but it is about what you're achieving with it. Like you said, it's the value that you bring in with it. Yeah. So many points. I completely agree on. Yeah. I mean, where do I go from that? I think, Specifically the money side, um, 
you know, money generally, especially within the IT, cybersecurity, startup, software, you know, that sort of thing, there is a lot of money in the industry. Um, and it doesn't take very long at all and, and, and you know, not loads of, of, of skill set to begin with to be able to earn, you know, very, very decent money. Um, so, and don't get me wrong, I, you know, I, I, I like nice things. I like a nice, I, you know, I like, I have a nice car. I really like it. And, it, and for me, it's, yeah. And, and I, and, you know, and I love it. So I, I never ever say like, you know, as you said, you know, don't get the Rolex or whatever. I mean, I, I want to one day get one and I, and I will, I, you know, I'm sure I will. And for me, it's not it's regard. I don't care what people think. I don't, you know, the amount of money that people waste to, to waste so much money just to show off to people that they probably don't even like anyway is just beyond me. I don't get it at all. For me personally, the way I look at things is it's, it's stones, it's stepping stones, it's miles. So, you know, I'm in a position where I can afford a nice car. Great. I'm in a position where I can, you know, move in, into a nice place. Great. It's that's for me, it's to show me personally, right. I'm on track. I'm going here and don't, you know, I plan to get that car that I got probably, you know, end of last year, which was, you know, a really nice car for, for me. Personally, um, it was a, a sort of you know high achievement, and I worked. I probably planned it two or three years in advance. So, you know, and it, and for me, it's those stepping stones. So there's nothing wrong with getting, you know, there's nothing wrong with that being your motivation, or or being an element of your motivation. But I think it's how you manage it and how you discuss around it. Um, you know, your approach to the to those things because. Genuinely, it's like it's just money. <laughs> Personally, and I know you're the same mindset where it's like, great, you know, I earn, earn you know tons of money and, and you know be in a great position. But it's like, how happy are you? You know, I just want to be happy. Um, yeah, you know, I'd be quite happy in a Ferrari right now, <laughs> but <laughs> wouldn't we all? So I think you know, and, it, and it, uh, for me as well, I I I'm fully on board with loving the process. Yeah. Um, loving the the journey to get there rather than what it actually is whether that be uh, a certain amount you're earning annually or whether that be you can afford to, to to buy something or afford to live in a position you know whatever it might be enjoy that process because when you get to that point and you look back and you go yeah I really enjoyed it I worked for it now what's next where's the goalpost sort of thing um, yeah I think that's a Money's an interesting one and, and different, you know, and different people of different sort of backgrounds have different perspectives on it. Um, and, and it's really, it's interesting. You see a lot of people's motivation and it's the cliche thing, isn't it? If you post something on Instagram with a Rolex or, you know, a, I don't know, a, a nice car steering wheel wearing a Rolex sort of thing, it's going to get a lot of traction. Of course it is. But if you post, and you know, you know this just as well as I do, if you post something meaningful with actual deliverable content that you know people can think about and actually maybe have a different perspective on things, it you know it might not get as much traction. That's the way it is. Do you want that traction from those people who just care about nice things? Probably yeah. not. <laughs> Probably not. Well, see, that's the funny thing because I've always wanted to do this, and I will actually get it done at some point. So, like, because like I totally agree with you. Like, I want a nice car one day. I want a nice house one day. I'm not really so much into watches because I like Fitbits, but I do have a very expensive camera set and I do spend a lot of money on video games. That's kind of like my thing. I don't feel bad for it. Like, but I also don't feel bad when £10,000 a month comes into my bank account. Like, 
I don't feel bad for it. It's your relationship towards it, I think, and especially your relationship to money in general, which um, there's some people who teach it really well and there's some people who don't. And I've always said I wanted to take a picture in front of my little C at Ibiza that cost, I think, £11,000 and a packet of biscuits or something. You know, like it wasn't, it's, it's the cheapest car that I could get, brand new. And I want to like pose in front of it and be like this and just write a post about it and just be like, you know, like this is real. <laughs> and this is someone who nearly hit six figures last year. You know, like this is, that's real, you know? And, um, but like, as you do, you know, I don't blame you for having a nice car. Believe me, if I could have one, <laughs> fuck it. I'd have your car. Like, you know, <laughs> I just be like, can I just, just have it for a day? Um, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, if I could have a three bedroom house with a massive garden and a cute little dog that runs around it, I would. But for me in that year, especially last year, that was my first ever year of making decent money. The year before that, so if you think this is my third year now in, in doing side businesses and stuff, in my year before that, I didn't even make... I don't even think I made 18,000, which it's a massive step up. And then, but the difference was, I mean, you were there. Emerge Elite was selling out in 30 minutes, you know. That was obviously our, our advertising and everything got, got that out there. <laughs> I don't have my two main male models, like it's not gonna go anywhere, um, you know. My, I was, I released a book that I never wrote for anyone else but myself. And I sold, I think it was 70 copies on the first day. You know, like things started happening, but I haven't slowed down. You know, like all I've done is just double down on it. And not because I'm, because the thing is, I'm not thinking now I want to make half a million this year. I'm like, I just love the impact that I've made. Like there's people now that I talk to and they're like, I literally wait for your posts a day. I wait for your podcast to come out. I wait for your emails. And I'm just like, I am a little girl from up north. You know, I grew up in a very, very humble background. <laughs> and I was like, and I still work full time. And I'm just sat there like, wow, like this is possible. But I, I just see so much on the internet and I'm sure you're the same of all these people who are like, I, you know, pay me a thousand pounds to give you a course and I will make you 10 times that. And I'm like, but you won't because you can give anyone the material. It's like, cause that's what I find with, by objectifying things. Like if you objectify it so much, they're not looking at what's inside of that content they're looking at what can come out of it. So they're looking at the car and they're looking at the watch and the house and this and that, but they're not looking at sitting at your computer at 2 a.m. in the morning because you have a client who's really not happy because his website's not working. And you know, it's all crashed for a reason and he's got tons of traffic going in and obviously no sales because it's not working and it's your job to fix it. Like, that's that's the process like and that's the part you've got to love is getting a phone call at two o'clock in the morning and just being like oh shit <laughs> yeah i think you um i think you gotta embrace the suck and i think it's uh 
Yeah, I think, it, and going, going on from your point in terms of helping people, that, that is genuinely, I know, I know it sounds cliche and everything, but that is genuinely the only motive we've got with Project X, is that we, you know, I, I as you know, I've, I've got a huge passion within, you know, with health and fitness, and I've been training for, for years and do, you know, sport and, and exercise and all sorts and stuff. And for me, it's, it's been an outlay, a hobby and potentially now a career so it's been sort of everything and it's outlay in terms of stress when you know it's like when you're working all day and you just want to go run or burn some you know just lift some heavy weights and put it back down until you can't do any more and all that sort of stuff but yeah i think you're right in terms of the, the, the mindset and everything towards things it's you really you've got to you've got to identify your, your motive straight away what's your motive why what's your what's your thing like why why are you doing that because straight away you'll get found out you know if, if your money if you're if you're you know if your targets are you want a nice car you want all of this great no problem at all but you know own it own who you are um and i think it's it's and i think you can only do that by you know throwing yourself out there and a big thing for me that i constantly push and i even tell myself now i'm, I'm not doing it enough is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah um i think that that for me is i think i might even get a tattoo of it because it's, <laughs> i live and i live and die by that thing, by that sentence because you know i mean it's you know I, I i joined in the it industry at, at 19 immediately started cold calling doing 150 or so cold calls a day to schools colleges universities all, all public sector and i was calling to generate business for wi-fi edge and core networking for organizations where you sell and sell professional services for installation, you know, all that sort of stuff. I was 19. Yeah. About installing LAN networks and working with Cisco's and all these big organizations. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but, and I, and I remember it, we were sat in the sales office and it was, you know, there was probably 25 salespeople or so in the sales office with the owner in the corner of the room. He had his desk up there and we were upstairs in the office and all of us would just be bashing the phones all day, every day. Um, and if it was quiet in the office, they'd go, why is it so quiet? Get on it. Like it was, it was and they were like, oh, so, yeah, sorry, I was just sending an email and, and you're, you're just on it. And I did that for probably eight months. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it because I didn't, I, who wants to cold call and have the, you know, I'd literally pick up the phone and go, I'd get straight to the point because I, I'm not calling sort of consumers. I'm calling IT directors, IT managers, SOC managers, yeah, security operations sciences managers and all those sorts of people. Um, and you know you get straight to the point and, and I, it was just quite funny because i'd call up and i'd go hi i'm calling about your wi-fi what have you got are you what you know what products have you got and when is up for renewal there you go straight away okay we've got this and we're suffering all there you go and it's like i i would be so nervous to do that over person but i had the, the gift that i could do it over the phone and then i've been able to mold that to do it in person so now um you know yesterday i, I closed a deal which was 118,000 pounds which I was, I've been working on for probably about four months or so. It's not the biggest I've done, don't worry. <laughs> so, I work, yeah, don't worry. But, um, it, you know, it's a sizable deal. And it's, you know, the, the idea that I've been managing the process of, you know, working within this software, you know, deliverable to an end user during a global pandemic where cash is restricted. You know, you're working with IT people who are actually configuring the platform themselves, but also the recruitment people, you're managing these different relationships, you're managing, you're understanding how to sell to different people, how to build, you know, building relationships with different people on the way because they'll help you when it's half nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night, last day of the quarter, last day of the month, 
and you're like, mate, please get this PO purchase order over to me. I, as, I just need it by the end of the month, even if it's at you know, 11.59 p.m. I just need that. <laughs> and it's crazy that I was, looking back, it's just bonkers that I would be having conversations with, about, you know, whether it be, as I say, Wi-Fi agent core networking or, or cybersecurity or whatever, or building businesses who are people, to people twice my age, maybe over the phone, but in person, and how I sort of manage that. And I was petrified in, you know, nine times out of 10, I'll go into a meeting I'm, and I'm petrified because I'm like, I, you know, they look at me, I'm half their age. They've got, you know, mortgage and kids maybe and, and you know, families and, and actual real life, proper human, <laughs> you know, bills and things. And there's me strolling in at 20 or 23 or whatever and, and sort of going in, can you, uh, do you want to buy this, buy this thing I'm selling you? <laughs> Yeah. And these people have got, you know, 20, 30 years experience on me. And it's like, how, how that is a petrifying for me thing to go through. But I'm glad that I have done it. And I'm glad that I still do it. I, on a daily basis, get put in situations where I have to think on my feet and learn of how to manage a communication or how to manage a conversation in a certain way so that it goes in your favor or so that it's, it's you know, positive. So whether that be for both my job, but also, you know, managing that with investors and partners and, and, you know, and people that we're working with for that. So, yeah, I think getting comfortable being uncomfortable is a huge thing for me. That's, I, I you know, I'd, I'd preach that all day long because that's, that's, you know, whether it's mentally or, or physically, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's like a really, really good quote. I've heard that quote before and stuff. And it's like, um, or, you know, step out of your comfort zone or something like that. Like I've heard that one as well. And I totally agree with it. And I agree with it on the aspects of your career and stuff like that. And I agree with it mentally, physically, in life, in relationships, in, you know, in whatever you want. Because like, I think we as people, um, I don't know if you agree, but you know, like in, especially in my generation. So, you know, like I'm 28 now. And in my generation, I remember growing up and being told, you know, Emily, whatever you want to do, you can do. Whatever you want to be, you can be. And I'm there and I'm stood there and I'm like, I wanted to be a footballer. But at this point, footballers didn't get paid. I was a decent footballer, you know, but they didn't get paid. They didn't get any benefits. There's no career out of it. I would still have to do something on the side. And I remember being like, dad or mum or auntie or whoever who would listen to me and I'd be like I want to be a footballer and they'd be like okay you can't be that and I was like you just told me I can be whatever I want and I think our generation has got used to that sort of saying which is kind of like if like I say it to people you can make ten thousand pound and I can tell you how to make ten thousand pound but it's what you do about it that means if you make a thousand pound lose ten thousand pound or make like six figures like scott at the end of the day i can give it all to you but i can't make you do it and i always say to them like you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and you've got to get comfortable with stepping outside of your comfort zone because um like you were saying with your phone calls and everything at the beginning when i was calling up manufacturers and designers and stuff like that I could not talk on the phone for shit. Like I would literally do anything to not make a phone call. I would send emails. I would send texts. I would, you know, 
say I was unavailable, just so I didn't have to deal with that. And now, now I get like, um, I call them warm leads. So like if I have someone who's obviously interested in what I do, they come into my inbox and they'll have a number at the bottom. First thing I'm like in my car, like, hello, <laughs> buy my stuff. Like, but that's what I'm like, you know, like, and now, now I just really don't care. Like, and it's, that took me such a long time to do. And, uh, you know, I spoke at a photography conference and I never thought that I would be able to do that. Even though I have got the gift of the gab and I can talk for Britain, I didn't think I'd be stood in front of like 250 people telling them, these people like you that have been doing it 15, 20 years, why they're doing it wrong. <laughs> and it was really weird because afterwards people were coming up to me and just going, my speech was great. Like you've just opened up my eyes to like how the new generation thinks. And I'm like, what me i did that like uh, but the time i mean i found especially is when opportunities arise it is it is basically your duty to take it yeah. like they are there for a reason if someone even just even just starts turning the nozzle like starts turning the doorknob and it creaks open a little bit i am slamming through that door as quickly as i can and I'm going to see what's on the other side. I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to see if I want to be here. If I don't, I step out and I close the door and I'm done. And I move to the next one. And I've done that so many times because <laughs> it's the only way that I've found that I've grown is by just basically like my post that I was talking to you today about, by just feeling the fear and just going, okay, fuck it. <laughs> and I'm done. And then once I'm in, like, I've been talking to you guys, like when I was first in the gym, I don't work out with anyone. It's not my thing, yeah. <laughs> but I've met all you guys, everyone in that gym, and now you can't shut me up, you know? Now I'm like working out beside you, like, yeah, guys, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> it's amazing though, isn't it? And it's, yeah. and, and I think that's sort of, uh, yeah, we've gone mindset, but it's, it's such obviously a huge thing. I think when you, when you start, working out who you want to be, working out what your brand is, and then start, you know, emitting that mentality, emitting that sort of, you know, way of mindset. I know I've definitely, personally, I, I was never really active on social media. And whether or not people care, I don't really care, but I'm enjoying it. So I've been publishing, you know, a lot more content in terms of like what I'm lifting, exercising, but also stuff about Project X or even just general sort of life things that personally I've found helpful. If someone else finds it helpful, as you, as you said earlier, you know, even if I just help one person, on that quote or that you know sharing of something or content or you know something interesting that I find interesting, if they do and they learn from it and it, it something helps them or something or kickstarts a conversation, amazing, you know absolutely. And I think you've just got to get comfortable being who you are once you've identified you know who you want to be as a person, who you want to who you want the brand to be. Um, but yeah, I think that that's cool. But it, it's interesting actually going on from sort of what you said in terms of like humble beginnings. I mean, tell me about it. Um, you know, I mean, we, I was fortunate enough to, to be in a position where when I was pretty much born until I think I was about 10, 11 ish sort of age, I lived in America, um, with my family. So that was amazing. And that for me, I mean, that's, that's why I want to go back there as soon as I can <laughs> I want to yeah. be on, uh, on the West coast within a few years, hopefully two years or so. But, um, 
yeah, I think, you know, I was really fortunate to be over there. And then parents divorced when I was that, you know, 10, 11 ish sort of age. Um, we came back home and I've only really, really recognized it in the, probably the last year to two years or so. And I'm still learning every day now in terms of how tough it was. But the respect that I have for my mum that brought five kids back to another country, back to your home, but back to, you know, England with, you know, going through, you know, obviously no need for details, but, you know, a, a not a very nice divorce at all, um, where, you know, pretty much fending for herself, for her kids. And yeah. I was 10, 11 at the age, and, you know, and she had to pursue a new career um, and do that. You know, even buying a house, we, we rented a, a tiny little apartment in, in Wokingham, and it was, it was awful. We were sleeping on airbeds for like a year, I think it was. And it, yeah, just it was... <laughs> Yeah, having that, and, and you know, we all we all have our own story, and you know, sob story later, and you know, get the get the violin out all you want, but yeah. for me, it's like that's taught me huge huge amounts of respect, and and my mum always sort of says, you know, has said to me before that when because my mum was was very fortunate that when she was young, she got in a relationship, um, and and they they pursued a Formula One racing career, so at pretty much my age now, 20, 22, 23, she. She was driving to um, various, you know, Monaco, you know, Monaco or wherever it may be um, to race and was in Formula One. Tragically, that, that ended, uh, didn't end well. So, you know, that, that, that was another thing. But, she, you know, she was, had that level of exposure at such a young age. And then all of a sudden she was um, 26, I think 25, 26, widowed with two children. And Shat was at 26, you know, my mum has carried that through and seeing that day in, day out. And as I say, so I've only realised it the last year or so, it's just the hustle that she would have had and the mentality and the strength towards it blows my mind, honestly. And that for me is like, you know, I just want to personally, I know it sounds cliche again, but it's just like, I want to be able, I've said to, I literally texted my mum the other night, it's like, I want to be in a position where I can buy a Ferrari Testarossa and drive my mum down to, down the Monaco Hills, down to Monaco for her playing Pink Floyd like she did when she was that age just and just be like thanks mum like yeah I think it and I think the background of how that makes you as a person is is interesting and it's interesting how different people from different backgrounds whether it be you know more fortunate or less fortunate you know they have different motivations they have different mindsets and you know and I'm I'm I can, I, you know, I'm, I'm back, I back myself now saying, I'm glad we went through that struggle. I'm glad I went through that struggle all them years ago because it's made me who I am today and I wouldn't change it for the world. So yeah, I, I have things that I still want to improve on, still working on, but I'm very proud of who I am and I'm very, and I hold, you know, I hold myself on that. And, you know, I think the, the humble upbringings does, does do that a lot to you. So I think that's why we probably connect on that sort of thing because it's a, you know, sim- similar sort of upbringing, really. Yeah, well, it is. Cause I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into my soft story because I talk about it all the time, to be honest. <laughs> but you know, like, people turn around to me and they're like, you're such a good person. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> like, you know, like, thank you. Thank you for that. But I am definitely the object of my mum and dad. Like, my mum works for the NHS, who is doing an incredible job right now. Not And not just right now, like, her whole freaking life. She was, like, an ambulance driver. And then she went into, like, blood work, I think. And now she's, like, now she's, like, an ODP. So she basically helps you stay alive in surgery, which, you know, kind of beneficial. Um, And my, you know, and my dad's a firefighter. Like, my family are public service. And, you know, 
and this is why I'm so like pro respect our NHS, respect our fire service, respect our police force, you know, the entire thing. Because like, if anyone takes any sort of inspiration from me, it is down to those two people. It's not like I've learned things along the way, obviously experienced things. I've not lived at home since I was about 16 years old, you know, so I've had 12 years of standing on my own two feet, but my foundations are there. And I can't thank them enough for that. And I'm the same as you. I'm like, I'm going to get to that point one day where I can literally just be like, you want that house? You want to retire in that house? You are getting the house. (laughs) And just be like, just give them things that I very much remember when we were younger, that they could, they always put me and my brother first. And on top of that, their jobs were to put other people first. And that's why I think I'm so passionate about helping people because that's the only thing I want to do is I just want to, I want to take that person from wherever they are. And just, if I take them one step, three steps, five, seven, 10, just, just take them, just take them there. And if I can do that, cool. That's all I want to do. If it earns me millions, it earns me millions. If it earns me two P that's fine. (laughs) But it's like, I know that everyone says, you know, like everyone's got a sob story and stuff, but like at the end of the day, I was like thinking about it back because you hear so many, you know, you hear like my dad did this and my mum did this and everything like that. And I think they're all valuable and they're all good in their own retrospect. But I love the way that I'm being like, people are like, Oh, you must have, you know, you must have had such a hard time. And I was like, no, like I am so fortunate to be surrounded by those two people that I make sure everyone knows about it. Like I'm not, I don't want to turn around and just be like, yeah, so this was a really bad time in my life because we all have bad times and I 100% appreciate those sort of things, but it is definitely your mindset around it. And I'm the same as you, like it's only been in the last maybe two years that I've actually started to appreciate the foundations of it. Like the foundations of how I learned to love people like in as like a collective and then it's also helped me to love my job I worked in the equine industry for 11 years and that's not an easy job because horses can be a pain in the ass and um but then I remember my mum and dad as I was growing up and they were like if you always work hard and you always try your best you're never gonna feel bad for it you're never gonna regret it and I was like yes because that's so true. I wouldn't have got where I've got today if I didn't have that mindset, which is just kind of like, no one can beat me down if I'm trying my best because that is all I've got. And it's like- That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Yeah, and then like before when we were saying, and you you know, you were saying, we were on topic of uh, mindset and stuff. When I stopped giving a shit about people's negative opinions, my life got 10 times better. then I got to appreciate everything that was good in the world like maybe someone negatively didn't agree with something that I said that's fine but they could have said something really positive you know in correlation to it like people are allowed their opinions it doesn't mean I have to give a crap about it though (laughs) (laughs) no absolutely I think um yeah I think your upbringing it's and it's very interesting seeing it especially with your friends and your peers when you grow up with school and then when you then leave and do your career in terms of you don't realize actually how much the first 10 years or so of your life really grain into 
is creating you. I think that's probably the time that you're going to pretty much define. You know, it, it, it is, you can very, you know, very much look back. Um, you know, I'm just as you're talking, I'm just remembering, like, I always remember my mum sort of saying, her, her, you know, when, when she grew up, she grew up, um, you know, in sort of like a little village. There wasn't really much sort of the idea of going out and doing something beyond being a receptionist. And, and, and she's, she's told me this from, from, from obviously from her experience. And so for her to then pursue something like with her partner within a Formula One career, you know, even her parents and even, you know, other people would, would be like, is that, are you sure you want to do that? Is that, you know, is, is that a good option? Are you, and other people would actually be like, you shouldn't do that. That's too risky. You should be a receptionist or you should be, or something, which is obviously nothing wrong with a receptionist, but I'm just saying like, you, they weren't that supportive. Um, and that's why, I'm so thankful that my mum has always literally said to me, do what you want. <laughs> She's, she, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to, to have, you know, a head on me where I can, you know, I back myself in certain situations, but you know, she, my mum's never, other than, other than my mum telling me I need to do my A-levels, she's never told me to do anything. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm so grateful for that because I think, you know, I see it with my friends. I see other people and you see it from their parents forcing them to go down different routes you know whether you follow the family career path or whether it's different mentalities you see that in them even traits and characteristics of course you do um and i'll forever be grateful that my mom gave me the upbringing i did so that you know I, i'd be able to been able to become the person i am today um and yeah i think it's just, i think it's very interesting in terms of when you look at you know even just years before what people's mindsets and people's attitudes towards things how they also change when they're then also surrounded by different people. So like you said, when you learn cutting out the negativity is, is key, 100% completely, you know, I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know, if someone's killing your vibe, you gotta get them out there. <laughs> you cannot keep them around. I've done it, I've had it, I've, I've found it, and maybe you can't get them out, but you limit them <laughs> because it's just, it, just so detrimental to you. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a it's an interesting um, it's an interesting perspective on how you see things sort of moulding throughout the years and who that then sort of creates you um, in terms of that. And even then, I mean, you know, you're you know you're not not far off thirty, but you're still you know hustling. You're still creating the empire that you are, and I, I love that. And I think as well when people get to the, you know people start turning around and going, oh, I'm getting old or going for something like this. It's like stop it, man. Yeah. <laughs> stop it. Like why why no 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 not at all my sister the other day she, you know she turned 30 not long ago and she was like oh 30 ugh. and it's like what <laughs> like you're like prime you're prime like age and you're prime you know and she and I, we spoke about it she was like oh I, you know i see what you mean now and, and i referenced sort of a few people that i heard that from and it's like yeah i, I, I you know I, I mean i can go on about sort of mentality towards things all day every day but it's um it's super interesting watching especially when you know, how, just out of curiosity, what, what were you like at school? Were you, um, yeah, what were you like at school? Um, I was, a, I don't, I'd like, I don't know the best way to describe it. I was like a really shy kid, mm. but really chatty at the same time. And also a bit of an asshole. <laughs> Brilliant. The difference was I didn't want to be there. Yeah. I hated school. I hated every second of school. I never really admitted that to my parents because I knew how much education meant to them. But I just hated being there because it was just like, I'd look at people and just be like, I don't want to be around you. 
there's that like and I've still I've left school now and I probably talked to about maybe five people tops and it's like two of them are my best friends and the rest of them I just chat on occasions when I'm in my hometown like if I wasn't in my hometown I probably wouldn't talk to them doesn't mean they're not nice people doesn't mean that I don't care about them it's just I just didn't like school I just didn't like the whole aspect of school and I think that's why like I'd either be really shy and just be like I'm not getting involved with anything because I thought I was either too stupid because like my two best friends are super smart like they're they got A's A stars and everything they got highest grades and everything and like kind of like just scraped through school you know just to get it done so like I was either really really shy or I was really chatty because then I'd use my charisma to kind of get me places I'd be kind of like well if I talk really well I get a really good grade I'm like look how you've done that in terms of building clients now yeah exactly the same thing yeah yeah and then the last part of me was just being an arsehole because it was just I got to the point like it's a funny story I got to the point where I was getting bullied quite a lot and I dealt with it like I really didn't care about it anymore I just kind of like avoided those people but then I'd see them go and bully someone else that they'd get a reaction out of. And then I couldn't deal with that. And then this is like kind of what's made me into the person that I am today. Because then I'd just be like, no, no, no. Come bully me. Come be an asshole to me and just leave them alone. Mm. Like they don't deserve that. They're just trying to be a good person. I was like, I can deal with your shit. Just ha- like hand it over this way. <laughs> how, old were you? how old were you when you, um, when they were doing that? Uh, about 12 to 16. So like literally the entirety wow. of high school. And how, how, how do you look back on that now? Oh, I really like, to be honest, I feel sorry for them because like yeah. we all did it in our own way. Like I wish I spent more time focusing actually on school and I hope that they are somewhere thinking the same, you know, like I, because that is a time in your life where you can actually take control of where it's going to go, especially if you're not, gonna do something like I did like because nobody wants to see my GCSEs to hire me for social media marketing you know no one needs to do that and then I've already got my biomedical stuff to be able to do my day job but I earned that afterwards and I had to put a lot of effort in afterwards to be able to get up to that point which was quite difficult Mm -hmm. but you know like if I saw them in the street I'm not gonna like be like oh great I can box now I'm gonna knock his freaking head off (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But knowing yeah. that you can is nice to know. <laughs> yeah. But it's like had it before where some of them have, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it's happened, but you know, like maybe they saw someone in the street and was like, you, do you know how Emily Topping's doing? And then suddenly I've got these really random people viewing all my stories and stuff. And to me that's just kind of like, well, good. I like I don't hold any grudges. I like I'm not a What's the point. But yeah, it's like school just made me realize what I didn't want to do. And that was it. And I just adapted to the environment around me. But then I think that is the way that I am in general. Like you can stick, you can stick me because I've worked in a post office. I've worked, uh, I've worked on horse yards. uh, I've worked as a vet nurse. I've now working in a biomedical lab. All of these things are so different and they're just like day jobs, contracts with companies. Like what I've done on the outside, I've done paper runs, I've done uh, drawing, I've done photography, I've done film, I've done social media marketing, I've done seminars, webinars, coursework, you know, like all of these things. 
and it's just that's the way that I've been able to live my life is like you get thrown into a situation and you just adapt around it yeah yeah I think the whole school thing is um is interesting and for me uh I was very much not I had I have got you know I had a lot of common sense and I have got a lot of common sense but I was not academically smart at all um and I I think I'd, I'd like to sort of use this opportunity to say like if you're not doesn't matter don't worry <laughs> like, it's not the genuinely it's not the be all and end all because we are definitely two examples of that <laughs> exactly exhibit a and b like it's genuinely because I, as yeah as you say i mean i my second job in the it industry i didn't give them a cv third one i didn't my interview was in a coffee shop and it and then we went to the pub and was there for the house because that's what the industry's like but you know and you learn what people and, and that the interview was what am i like in a social experiment you know while you while you're drinking and while you're in that and how do you manage yourself and how do you manage conversations and that you know and i've been very fortunate enough to, to you know be you know earn you know very decent amounts of money for for my age and and for, for anyone and i've been so fortunate for that and i Barely, I think I've got three and a half GCSEs to my name. Um, I think the half is actually RE as well. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a great, what a great one to have. <laughs> and, I, and I genuinely think the only, I'm pretty sure the only way I got into sixth form, because I'm pretty sure you have to go, you have to have five days to see or something like that. Um, the only way I got in was because I wasn't a troublemaker and because I just sort of got on with my own thing. And Genuinely, at school, I used to think I was really dumb because I'd be happy if I got a C. Genuinely, most things would be a D, most things, which obviously isn't generally C sort of barrier where to pass. So I used to think I was really dumb. Um, and that knocked me a lot. Um, fortunately, I had sort of the physical side of me, which helped me. So I excelled in, you know, PE and, and football and rugby and things like that, um, which did, you know, still help my confidence and stuff. But yeah, and, and what I think what something that really knocked me down is you said um, earlier on that you've been in, you know super interested in psychology and and like sociology and things as well. I did sociology at A levels, and I had a genuine passion into it. And we'd have two hour lessons, um, and we would literally talk. All there's probably like eight of us in the class, and we would just. I, I thank my teacher at the time, Miss White, for a throwback. Um, she would literally start a conversation, and we would just talk around all things society and have a very you know obviously probably not as mature, but a conversation very similar to this mindset and obviously talk around more social um, influences and things, but, you know, have those open discussions and I would be, you know, put things, we'd discuss things, we'd debate things and argue. And I loved it. I'd go do an exam. I, you know, I fully got everything. I'd go do an exam. I'd probably struggle to get a D or yeah. a even then. And, and I was like, and it really knocked my confidence. Cause I was like, why am I so bad at this? <laughs> I've got such an interest in it. Um, and then I've left and then I've been able to, you know, leverage things that I've learned and skill sets that I've developed then um, and for that. So genuinely anyone out there that's not succeeding in school or whatever like that, gen gen obviously it does matter if you want to be a lawyer or an accountant, you know, something like that. Obviously, of course, it does, don't get me wrong, it's, it's definitely had its place. But for me, it's, yeah, I mean, I've been able to, I've been fortunate enough to be, you know, in six figures and barely GCSE to my name. So for everyone out there, honestly, like I, I saw a picture a while ago and I think, I think it describes it really well. It's like the education system and it's like got a picture of, um, I think like a monkey, a, an elephant, giraffe and different animals and stuff. And it, the, the, the teacher is like, right, 
the test today is climb that tree. Yeah. And it's like, or, you know, some animals can do it better than others. And it's genuinely is the same thing. So anyone out there struggling with school or anything like that, it's like, don't, you know, identify it, work out your weaknesses, work on them, obviously, of course, but you know, it's not the be all and end all. Um, you know, loads of people have been super successful with very little qualifications or anything to their name. Um, you know, yeah, but it's, it's not genuinely the be all and end all. And I think as well, it's, it's quite an interesting thing in terms of where, how like the role teachers play as well. Yeah. And how that develops you. I mean, looking back, I can probably remember four teachers <laughs> out of my... I can't even remember that. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, but those four, I, I remember, as I say, Miss Whiteford for, for enabling me to be, you know, in that sort of, take part in those sorts of things and that's helped me in the future, but also, you know, other teachers that helped me and just different things along the way. And nine times out of 10, it wasn't even based around the actual test or curriculum. It was actually something outside of that, whether they told me about something or did, you know, something like that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how that molds who you are today. Yeah. What you do to then grow onto that, but yeah, super interesting how it how it does change you. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think it's like everything in general, you know. Like um, from the teenage years that I had, I've got a friend who's got a sixteen-year-old daughter, and no joke, this kid is the best thing since sliced bread. Like she is the most mature, you know, kind, loving. Um, she's got great manners, you know, she's been brought up really, really well. Um, and she was just interested in getting to know social media. And she was just like, I just want to know like what I can do with it. And this kid doesn't need any help with education. It's not like, you know, like we're saying, you know, don't sweat about the hard stuff a little bit kind of thing. She's like on track to be getting highest grades and all this kind of stuff. She's a smart cookie. And, um, and I was like, cool, you know, do you, do you have any business in particular that you want to pursue? Because obviously I think if you want to grow someone's social media, there's a reason behind it. And as a 16 year old, you can't really do your own because you're too young. And it was this local little riding school uh, for ponies. And I was like, cool, I'd like, I helped to write up a plan, how they were going to do it. She's basically their content scheduler to help them book clients. And I taught her how to do all this stuff. And no joke, the appreciation of this kid who doesn't pay me a penny <laughs> and she earns her own £150 a month now because she does this. And she's still got top grades. She's still working really, really hard. She's now getting her own little pocket money and stuff like that that she's earning by herself. And I remember discussing it with her mum and her mum was like, these are the foundation things that I want my kid to learn. You know, to be able to appreciate all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, man, I wish I was that kid when I was 16. Like when I was 16, I was like probably sneaking out to get drunk and, you know, was more bothered about playing basketball and football than turning up to class. You know, like that's kind of what I was like. And it made me realize that we should never rush our journey anyway. Like, as you said, I'm nearly 30 now. And last time, oh God, when I was about 20 years old, I was like, at 20 years old, I was traveling in America. So I was doing really well anyway. <laughs> and I'm sat there in America and I'm like, yeah, by 30, I'm going to have my own dog. I'm going to have a house. I'm going to be making loads of money. I'm going to like, at this point, I still wanted, you know, horses full time. So I was like, I'm going to have my own yard. It's going to be amazing. And then as I've got closer to it, I'm like, wow, 
I'm really glad it didn't go that way because I would have probably been in a situation that I didn't want to be in in order to achieve that so quickly. Like I could have put a mortgage down on a house last year with the, with the revenue that I made, but then I also know that's not my revenue. That's my business's revenue. Mm. You know, like that's hopefully when all this pandemic is over and I can open up a merge elite again, I'm going to just fuel it straight into that. And obviously expand it. That's why I'm luckily enough to be in the fortunate position to not have to have my store open because I have to have money coming in. I'm lucky enough that I can just pay pay off the overheads for a little while and just kind of like, I can probably pay the overheads for about six months before I'm going to sit there and kind of go, yeah, we need to start making money again because otherwise it's not going to be here anymore. And hopefully the pandemic's not going to last that long. Well, I mean, it's going to last that long. It's a virus. I mean, I'm a biomedical person. Like, I know about viruses. <laughs> but, you know, like, it, our lockdown is not going to be like that, hopefully, in six months. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, I think, um, I think you're right. I think the, the impact on the, the whole pandemic, I think the impact on industries and, and the, you know, organizations and businesses is going to be catastrophic. And it already has been. Obviously, we've seen organizations go down people being on furlough you know things like that it's straight away it just makes you think and it make for me it's like i need it makes it made me fortunate enough to learn wow <laughs> we're about to go live during a global pandemic for a software health and fitness industry related you know platform and no one's allowed out of their house <laughs> how do we uh, how do we um you know make pay our bills <laughs> how are we gonna how are we gonna do things and it's been really, really interesting, obviously, watching it from, from you know, like to yourself to then I'm working with, obviously, large organisations, um, you know, enterprises, household homes that we, we've all heard of um, before um, and how they're managing it and how they are responding to it and, you know, doing the whole PR thing, how they are supporting their employees, um, if they are at all, because we've seen organisations that haven't been regarded in the media as the best sort of way of doing it. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's great that you're in a position to obviously just put the pause on on emergency and and say, you know, I'm not. I don't want to put people at risk in terms of producing and, and delivering your your product because um, obviously it's physical. Um, and it, and it's great to to hear that that you've been able to just go, no, I'm not going to put anyone at risk. I'm not going to do that. I can cover the costs as you say for six months or so, and then let's let's you know let's introduce it then. Um, but then you've seen it on the flip side of organisations going. I mean, I've, I've personally, I had deal, uh, you know, opportunities that I had in commit, for my, what commit means, um, you know, it's, you're guaranteeing coming in basically for Q1. And literally as soon as they announced isolation, they, you know, these large organizations, six figure deals, they've just gone, no, sorry, pod, all, all new spending on hold for, for I had one that was tw um, 20 weeks. They said, but we can't buy anything for 20 weeks, at least, they said. <laughs> obviously I've got to report out to the business but you know I mean obviously it's it's the scenario is it's it's not too too um too much of a negative response but it's like it's really interesting to see how organizations have been adapting if they can be um to it and if anything I think for, for me of course I'll say this but something that we're providing i.e you know software as a service within the health fitness industry I think we are I'm very conscious to make full advantage of this and take and, you know, be able to help people, whether it be the sole traders working for themselves that maybe they can't deliver 
a treatment if they're an osteopath they can't deliver treatment they're out maybe you know they're probably going to be out of work for a long time because obviously it's one-to-one contact um you know pcs as well and then it's like okay well how are we going to you know leverage what we've got as project x to be able to support those organizations through through such a tough time and then grow it out of there um and yeah it's 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 been really interesting and it's definitely molded the messaging and the marketing that we are, we are as you know, project X are going to publish, um, you know, and, and we, I know we've spoken about it a lot before, but in terms of the content, I'm, I'm super excited. I showed you earlier. I've got, I've got like vlogging, vlogging camera now and all that sort of yeah. stuff. I've never, never done anything like that. I don't, I've not got, I mean, you spent, you gave me the session the other week, which showed me how to use final cut Pro and stuff and I've which video editing software and it's just, completely over my head where yeah. I'm, I'm uh, goes on from what we said earlier being comfortable though being uncomfortable i've got no idea literally what to do with picking up a camera and vlogging and doing you know podcasts similar to this and setting up what what's the technical thing that i have to you know set up to do this and, and publish it on the different platforms necessary and you know videoing this and recording this and you know creating all this content that we're going to do i.e you know how you can how, how you can manage your business through this through this pandemic and and things like that and it's I can't wait to engage with people on that sort of level. I can't wait to have a phone call with a PT or, or with you know an osteopath or something, and we can go. Okay, how are we going to how are we going to grow? How how can you go from not maybe not working at all to at least being able to do something? Um, and that for me is is amazing. And then you flip that on the, on the other side in terms of the general public side, it goes, you know, okay, brilliant. I'm, I, you know, I'm sure you've seen it as well. The response generally by a lot of people is that they're, you know, a lot of people are doing things like the Joe Wicks um, yeah. in the morning and, and that, you know, going for runs and walks. And, you know, I go, I, I've, I've started running. I, I haven't run back since I, I haven't ran since back since I lived in London over a year ago. Um, and now I'm doing like four or five runs a week. And it's like, I, I, I was always that dude who was like, you know, cardio's, you know, I don't need to do cardio, just lift weights faster. <laughs> so I feel very hypocritical, but um, yeah, it's, yeah, I think, it's just very interesting how people are both organizations and personally sort of molding within this pandemic, because now's the time when literally no one is watching over you. Um, if you're, if you're, you know, in this position that we are, so if you're, you know, you're literally, you're at home all day, you might not be working or you might be working, but what else do you do outside of that? What are you going to sit around and, you know, not do much, enjoy it. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for relaxing here and there. But are you going to, or are you going to, you know, engage and go, right, this is my time to knuckle down. I, when I, when, when we heard that obviously gyms were shutting on that Friday, obviously I was heartbroken, obviously. Um, but that, that Saturday morning, <laughs> literally that Saturday morning, I, uh, I got up and I whiteboarded on my massive whiteboard I've got in the office. And I literally planned out, and I said that earlier, I was literally, right, right, I'm imagining we're in this isolation for three weeks, obviously it's gone from now, but at, this, at the time. And I went, what's the things I want to do every day? What's the thing, what's the projects do I want to finish by then? And what do I, what new things do I want to start by then? And I admitted earlier, obviously we, um, on one of them was reading reading books more, but I've not been able to do that unfortunately just because of time. But other, everything other than that, I've, I've done, and I'm and I'm proud to look back and go, I'm a better person, I? and I'm, you know, I've leveraged and I've taken control of an albeit terrible position, you know, situation that we're all in, and you know, I'm, and I'm also very conscious that I'm very fortunate enough to be able to do that as well. I know that obviously, you know, there are people out there that may be losing their jobs or, or whatever that 
are now worrying how they're going to pay their bills, how they're going to you know, support their family, how they're going to do X, Y, Z or whatever. So I completely appreciate that that is another scenario. But for me personally, is I've just got the mindset of, right, well, what am I going to do to leverage that? And don't get me wrong, I've had, and I know we've spoken about it before, where we've had sort of time, you know, I've I had it probably for about four or five days. It lasted where I was just of the mindset of, I was just, oh, I just need to get out. I miss people. I miss, I, I just couldn't focus. I, I literally procrastinate. Second I sit down on my desk, I just, meh, I can't, I, I can't do it. I'd sit on Instagram for an hour or TikTok. <laughs> and so don't get me wrong, like, you know, we talk about how busy we are. We hustle and we're grinding and working all this, but don't honestly, like, I procrastinate so much. And I know we spoke about it before, but, you know, I doubt myself so much. And, you know, you go through these mental battles. And when my alarm goes off at five o'clock in the morning, I don't want to get up. Of course I don't. <laughs> As I imagine, I imagine actually, I don't think I've, I've probably woken up probably a handful of times at five o'clock and gone, right, let's go for today. And it's probably because, probably because I'm training or something, I'm doing something fun, not working. So it's really, it's really, uh, in, interesting to see how people are, are you know approaching the scenario that we're in um but yeah how have you found it because i know we've spoken a little bit about it like ups and downs and things but how have you been yeah i mean i'm, I'm really lucky because i've obviously still got my day job i still turn up to my day job my routine hasn't changed at all except for i can't go to the gym i can't go to physio physio is probably the massive one for me because i was just coming out of what we would call my own isolation period for my ankle you know like you know it's now officially attached you know like it's not around you know i can i could walk with practically you can't even notice that i've got a limp and i was getting to the point where i was about to start running and that's what irritated me the most because now obviously they're like well no you've got to wait you've got to wait because you weren't ready to start running yet so you've got to wait until we get back to start running and i was like <laughs> like all I want to do is lift weights again and, and run and get back my fitness and stuff um but I totally agree with the whole procrastination I've never procrastinated more and I think it was because because at the very beginning I had the same thing that you had where people were just like uh, we're going to cancel that contract and we're going to cancel that contract and you know we're going to cancel that one and that wedding's been postponed and that's been postponed and obviously that seminar you can't go to anymore and I was just sat there and I was like to be honest at one point I was like I've been working so hard for the last like six months to like nail this and it's just all gone and I did I went through about a two-week period where I just I came in I'd go for a walk um I'd shower and then I'd sit on the, the PlayStation. And that's it until I went to bed. And, you know, I'm really fortunate. I live with my other half. You know, like, it's not like I'm completely isolated on my own. I could I could talk to people. We could, you know, like, have a conversation or something. And I was just, like, so out of it. I was like, no, I'm done. Like, I just couldn't be bothered. And then I think it was, like, at a point where I just sat there and I was like, well, you might as well start working on your own brand again. You know, like, start doing your own thing. Because it's, like... It wasn't easy to shut Emerge Elite, especially from what we just did in, you know, earlier in the year, the, the hoodie release and stuff. That's not easy, you know, because like I literally got to a point where I knew if I buy a hundred of them, like hoodies, they're going to sell. And it was like, it was just really crazy to just be like, I can't just move on and do that again. Like you, you heard about the plans of what we were doing for our three year anniversary. That's not happening anymore because I was getting the stuff from China. 
obviously I can't get anything from China now. So I've paid those people as well. So I've like invested about, I think it was like two and a half thousand pounds in it, you know, for designers and all this kind of stuff. And now I can't do it. And I was just like, okay. And they're like, oh, well we can wait until, you know, obviously everything blows over. And then my medical brain is going, well, that's 12 to 18 months. Then it's going to be the next frigging year. Then it's not going to be the third year anniversary anymore. The, you know, the numbers on it are not going to make sense anymore. <laughs> it's like, but it is what it is. You know, I definitely got into that mind frame where I was just kind of like, this is the situation that we're in. Yeah. And this is what we've got to accept. You know, like regardless of whether you agree with it or not, or if you think that they should have, done it differently whether they should have closed it earlier so we could have got a grip on it earlier or whatever your opinion is on this pandemic is probably wrong because everyone's got one yeah. everyone's got an opinion and to be honest there's even scientists and virologists and those you know people who are talking about it and even them are kind of going well we don't know you know, like, because this is not something we've seen before. It wasn't meant to transmit from an animal to a human. That's, you know, no one was expecting this. And then, you know, the first case was announced in, like, November. I think it was November. Yeah, and I was like, we could have all started putting procedures in place then, and it would have never got out of China. But we didn't, because businesses would have failed, you know, like, families would have broken down you know countries would have broken down if you imagine if that happened and we just shut off england for three months from the rest of the world we'd be screwed like because we're a tiny little island at the end of the day that don't produce much other than potatoes <laughs> we do more than that don't we we've <laughs> <laughs> great we have great farmland yeah. you know so you know meat and stuff like that we'd be fine with and stuff but you know in the grand scheme of things we'd have hardly any fruit you know and we would survive everyone would survive but no one is used to that you know like no one's used to someone to no one's used to someone turning around to you and saying stay inside this is what you have to do and i think that's why everyone turned into a panic in the beginning because except for the very very older generation who went through world war ii no one knows what this li this is like. You know, no one's had this experience before. I didn't know how I was going to deal with it. You know, um, my mum and dad dealt with it really, really well. But I think that's because my mum's on the front line, so she just straps on her boots and she's just kind of like, "And I'm out for another day at work to save people's lives." That's what she does. Mm -hmm. um, and my dad's retired and you know doesn't really give a shit about anything anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it was just. It's just one of those things. And I think that's kind of like, it, it's like trying to figure out this pandemic is like trying to figure out where you're going to be in 10 years time. You don't know. No. You just don't know. You can't predict it. You, you know, you can predict it by putting certain things in place, but you know, it's just, it's just what happens. And this is why we've got to deal with the situation that's in front of us. And I think that's where my turning point was because then I was able to sit there in front of clients and just be like, I appreciate what you're doing and I'm not going to tell you that it's the wrong thing to do because that is not my place but this is what I think you should be doing in order for your business and this was as I was closing my own business so there were some businesses that I was telling yep cool close your doors lean, get as lean as possible get rid of as many overheads as you can for the next six months because that might be as long as that lasts and then there's other people especially my online clients 
that I'm like, do you have an extra 3000 pounds? Yes. Right. Okay. We're funneling it right into here. And this is where all the attention is. This is where we're going to make the most amount of money. You know, we could hopefully make that three grand into like 30, 40, 50 grand. And I was like, this is where we need to go. And there was clients that didn't listen. There's clients that are listening now that they didn't listen at the beginning, but this pandemic's just made me realize that I kind of live my life in that way anyway, not in a lockdown, you know, like I do actually like people, Um, (laughs) but you know, it's just the unpredictability of it. Like you can't, it's the simple saying really, like I could walk out of the door tomorrow, get hit by a bus and I'm done. And and that's it. But I'm not going to live my life thinking that I'm not going to live my life. like. Well, I'm going to look at both sides of the road because that's a clever thing to do you know, safety and all that. But you know, I'm not going to stop myself from pushing. Like I've invested more into my business in this last month, even though I've got nothing coming into it. So I've had, this was like my lowest earning month. I think I had um, like 250 pounds. This, that's all I've earned this month, like extra. Obviously my salary is the same, but I've invested all that straight into ads and stuff and I've been pulling money out of businesses and and putting it into ads and hiring people as graphic designers and finding you know you know because you're in the in the group chat and stuff like that like I'm giving work that I can do to people who this is that's where they're going to make their money Mm. because I know that I am okay my day job pays for me to live so you know I I'd much rather help someone else not have to do something that they don't want to do. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. I think, um, yeah, going on from that, it just, it just starts a sort of reminder that, I mean, there's a video um, I've probably spoken to about it before. I tell, I tell pretty much everyone I ever meet um, on YouTube, which a guy, a guy called Jocko Willink. Um, yeah, good. There you go, good. Exactly, <laughs> there you go. So honestly, anyone out there listening, Jocko Willink, good on YouTube. It's two, three minutes long. I went through some serious, serious difficult times probably about a year ago, just under a year ago now, actually. Um, I think it was yeah, a year ago now. And it's and I, I probably watched that video every morning for probably three and four months, five months, probably. And yeah, two, three minutes long. And basically, the crux of it is when anything terrible happens, just say good. Because... <laughs> It is what it is, you know, it's the situation you're in, whether that be, you know, you might be in a position where you might lose your job or, you know, you might be put up and not, not be earning whatever you are in this. And it's, you know, and obviously, you know, it, bad things do happen and, you know, you get thrown curveballs left, right and center. And, you know, especially in startup world is you get thrown things all day, every day. And it's literally just your, most of your day is just battling, you know, just avoiding any situations like that. And it's, genuinely good you know you, you get and i'll probably get a tattoo of that as well on me eventually just good because <laughs> words. genuinely i you know I love, I love the fact that it's literally good like four letters like straight to the point but as soon as you hear it you're like oh yeah i mean it's it's yeah whenever anything bad happens just say good because you you know if there's if there's nothing you can take from it in terms of whether it be um you know monetary value or whatever it may be that you've taken from it you've learned and yeah. that that you, you know you cannot put a price on that and i've learned that myself you cannot put a price on what you learn because you can leverage that in so many different ways whatever it might be even if it's i probably shouldn't have done that <laughs> you've learned 
you've learned yeah. don't do it again and genuinely it's so super powerful i always think about it all day and it's and it's how you'll then you know and you know you could you do it in a scenario like this and as i said earlier you know when we when we got in this situation you know when we realized where we were at we went i went good all right cool how are we going to leverage this? How are we going to, how are we going to be able to support people, you know, both the general public and sole traders, but then also ourselves and ourselves personally and the business in the best way possible and take advantage of the situation that we're in. And I don't think people are doing that enough. And I think people not themselves do damn too much. They hear something negative and they go over there. And I've, you know, I've had people tell me that I've handled, so I know this, but you know, because people have told me that I've handled situations in such a different way that they would have handled themselves initially, but they realized why I did do it because, you know, once you, once you've been in that terrible, in a bad situation, whether that be, you know, personal relationships, business or whatever, it's, it's backing yourself and going, all right, if I've, if I've got nothing less from this is that I've learned this, I've learned this person, or I've learned the situation or learned this scenario, whatever. Um, and like, you just got to do that whenever, whenever something happens, you literally just got to say good and you go, Cool. How am I managing this then? How how are we growing on this? And I think that's that's all it is meant to be, isn't it? That's all you can do, because no one, no one, obviously, as I said, you know, predicts anything. But you know, we, we, you know, how long are we in now? What's it been like? Seven, six weeks? It was like. I think we're into the sixth week now. It's six weeks yesterday. Yeah, and it genuinely feels like. I mean, six weeks since I've been at Arc Gym. I mean, that is incredible. <laughs> that is like, honestly, that. Yeah. For someone who can't lift much, it's still like even I'm like, well, where's my arc time? Like, yeah. it's just it is crazy. I know you've even responded to my stories of me lifting, being like, oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I wish I could share. Like, come around and train. Let's do it. I wish. Like, the funniest thing is, even with my physio, I wouldn't be able to do anything. And this is like the most frustrating part because it's like I want to, I want to go back to arc. Obviously, I do. And I, I can start squatting now because see that was the most annoying thing. So on the Friday of the lockdown, I was squatting 50 kilograms. Like I was actually ass to grass hitting 50 kilograms again. And I was like, yeah, she's back. Like and all this. And I racked it. And I remember one of the people coming in and just going, Have you have you been watching the news? And I'm like, No. <laughs> and they were like, uh, from today we're like shutting. That's it. And I was like, Okay, I'm gonna get one more set in then. <laughs> yeah, genuinely, it was like when when we heard it was. I think it was like what four or five o'clock on Friday evening. Yeah, we, we were sending like Warren and I were sending you know Warren obviously we were sending each other voice notes of being like, <laughs> bring picket you know bring fences bring timber bring everything you got we're locking down this place we ain't leaving. Yeah. <laughs> bring pitchforks everything you got like we we're not going anywhere and it was and it was such a. And I, 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 you know, I told Connor, obviously the owner, after I was just like, mate, I, I never, I always appreciated. I knew the atmosphere and everything was built there, but I never appreciated how much that has always been there. And mm. you know, on the whole training subject, that's for me personally. And I, and I, you know, I've seen other people adopt it along the years as well. And I can't recommend it enough to anyone. It's just like, no matter what you go through, for me, the weights have always been there. Yeah. You know, the best day or worst day, you know, whatever you've had, that 200 kilo deadlift is still a 200 kilo deadlift. That, they don't, that bar doesn't care. Those okay. planks don't care how good or bad your day has been. That is heavy as hell. So, 
and yeah, and so I, you know, I told Connor, I was just like, mate, what you've built here is, and I, I can only dream of building something in, in terms of an actual, you know, spirit and, and community aspect. I can only dream of building something like that with Project X, but you know, what, what he's done there and made it such a family, and you know, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but the environment that he's made there and, 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 yeah. and the family that they've built there is incredible. And that's something that I've, I've really missed personally, you know, missing, missing all, all the boys there and, and obviously yourselves and, and everyone else there. And, you know, and what, what's funny is that we all share the equal thing of we're all going there to, to batter ourselves. We're all going there to test mentally and physically and yeah. do that thing every day or five days a week. I, I train, but you know, that's enough, <laughs> but I need those. But definitely the way you boys train. You do. <laughs> Honestly, the mental battles you go through, it's, it is ridiculous. And I found it even more since like training home at home, because I'm, I'm no one's looking at me, no one's, yeah. no one's with me. I'm not I'm training on my own or with, with the boys I'm living with, but you know, something like that. So that mental battle that you go through, you you learn and you you and I I genuinely believe that I've carried that over, that mindset and that mentality over in, in everything else that I do in life. Um, you know, it's embrace the suck, it's you know, we say it before we do like heavy lifts. I, you know, Warren and I have said it to each other where it's like you get like butterflies feeling in your, in your stomach before you go for a heavy set. And we mm. saw each other, we we're like, embrace it. Good. We've literally sold each other good because it's like, yeah, brilliant. Get on it. Like this is, and you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be whether we, whether you're deadlifting 200 or whatever kilos. It could be, you know, going, you know, couch to 5K. That is a thing that my mum's done. And she's, you know, she's fully embraced it. And so it doesn't matter. And people, I think as well, people think like, you know, they see like, you know, people like us lifting heavy weights or doing, you know, decent amount of, you know, decent level of training. Um, and they go, how, you know, that, that's take, that must have taken so long or such a long process and I can't bother with it. It's like genuinely just enjoy the process. I love hitting, hit, hit weights or, and, and you know, how, I love how my, you know, I want my physique to grow and, and be better, and, and I always have that sort of goal. But I, I, you know, I love the process of I love that, you know, six o'clock every evening. You know, I'm 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 going to go through a mental battle tonight, and I'm glad I'm surrounded by the people I am at the gym because we're going through this together. <laughs> but it's you know, this is going to be a struggle, and how am I going to embrace it? Especially when you go on your own accord. You know, when you're training on your own, or if you're going for a run, I found, or even a walk or something like that, that could be you know, strenuous in some sort of way, physically or mentally, it's, you know, when, when it starts to, when it starts to niggle or when it starts to hurt or when it starts to really get on you, do you go, oh, I'll rest for a minute, I'll walk or oh, I'll only do, I'll only do two, three sets today. I'm not going to do my five sets of five or whatever. I'm not, I'm just going to do three sets. And it's like, but you know, and I, I know you've done this too as well. When you, you do that and you go, we've all done it. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've got, had sessions where I've gone out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not bother doing arms. I'm not gonna do this, and, and those are things I want the biggest, obviously. But you know, it's like I'm, I'm not gonna bother doing that. And you get home, and you're like, damn it. Like <laughs> when you sit down, you're like, shit, I should have done it. <laughs> yeah, and but you learn, and, and good, you've learned, so you don't do that again, or you do that less, and so great. So even then, when you do, you know, make these decisions that you look back on and go, probably shouldn't have done whatever it might be, you then go, all right, I've learned from that. But yeah, I think the whole, there's one thing that I would, you know, preach to, to, you know, till the cows come home is that something like physical training, whatever it might be, is amazing for you. It's, yeah. you know, whether it be just a walk a day for 
half an hour the the difference i mean i've when i've been going out for runs and stuff now seeing all sorts of people walking and running and going for family walk and stuff and you think why didn't why didn't you do this before yeah. only, you know I, the, the roads would be empty in in comparison to now in terms of people running and walking and things and it's like I mean, I've done it. I'm a, I, I've said myself, I didn't run before, and I've now embraced, and I've, you know, and, and done that. But it's like, so I, you know, exhibit A right here. But it's, it's, yeah, how you, yeah, how you sort of approach it and be like that way. Mm-hmm. So, I'd, yeah, training's just, yeah. I think whatever you might do with training, whether it be powerlifting, bodybuilding, CrossFit, um, you know, marathon run, whatever it might be, like you. I genuinely recommend anyone start something, even, you know, yoga, Pilates, something, because you can take so much from that. Um, you know, I, I, I've stopped now, obviously, with isolation, but I used to do a 90-minute yoga class every Sunday. And, you know, I, that's when I did it, I used to be a lot heavier. And I, I think I was about 100, I was between 100 and 105 kilos. So I was quite heavy for my height and, you know, I was quite podgy. Um, but I'd be in there, that room, hot yoga room, and we'd be doing that for 90 minutes, and you are just dripping with sweat, and it's like disgusting. But you're all in the same battle, and you could stop. And you know, when you're trying to hold that pose, or what, I can't, I'm terrible at it, but I gave it a go. And you know, when you are trying to do that, it's you could, when you're trying to do a movement, you could just start oh, rest a little bit here, or I'll, I'll go a little bit easier here. But when you get to that end of that 90 minute, you know, yoga class, it's like. Ooh, <laughs> I've done it. And that feeling, it's like a high. It's and you know it. It's yeah. And if you if you learn that and you you go, that was really tough. I'm knackered mentally and or physically, but I'm in such a better place. You can carry that to so many other things in life for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're winning then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. How uh how's your training going? What are you doing then? I mean, at the minute, I can only walk. <laughs> so, I mean, I've been breaking the rules a little bit and I've been like running little bits because I've got these, I've got proper good shoes. I've got proper Reebok trainers that are made for like trail running. So they've got very, very thick soles, which is essentially what I need and to lift my heel up because obviously my Achilles is now shorter, so it can't extend as much. Okay. Um, so I've been doing walking and one of my clients actually has like a home fit program. So I've been doing that, which is, you know, it's a lot of like body weight squats and bicycle, you know, kicks and stuff and all that kind of stuff. So that's been keeping me ticking over. Um, but to be honest, it's just without sounding like an excuse, it's like waiting to go back to physio because I don't know how much I can push it because I don't know where my ankles at. My ankle feels amazing. Like considering considering what it was like when I first started going to physio three months ago to now, like it's a different ankle. Like <laughs> even though it's I've done a good job on it and I've broken it quite a lot, but it's completely different. You know, to be told at the beginning that I wasn't going to be able to run, I wasn't going to be able to lift again, eradicate all sports. You're not going to be able to do that. You know, and I was like, well, I love weightlifting and I love football. And I love running. I was like, you're telling me that I can't do any of this? And they were like, yeah, no, you're done. Like, you're finished. And um, and then obviously now, I feel like everything that I do is like a bit of a blessing. Because it's like, 
the first time that I run ran on this anti gravity machine, which is a fantastic piece of kit. Is that the thing that goes around you? Yeah. So yeah. it's that thing that I did a video about it, and it like sucks you in, and it basically uses air to take your weight away. Okay. Nice. You run at a percentage of your body weight, so like fifty percent, sixty, whatever. And um, the first time I did that, like I nearly cried in front of like the entire gym because I was just like. I literally got told that I wasn't going to be able to do this again. And if you, you what might, or, yeah, like I, was, like I was told, like, literally just forget about it. You're technically classed as like disabled. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. Like I, I, all I did was run forward and it snapped. I was like, please, for the love of God, it's not gone. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but then I don't know if you remember, I don't know if we were talking so much then, but when ARC first opened, I'd just come out of hernia surgery. I, I remember you did mention it that, that yeah. yeah so I remember joining that gym and I'm there and I'm paying my membership I can't do anything but I'm paying it and I'm like I'm gonna get back to it I'm gonna get back to it I'm gonna get back to it mm. and then I remember it was literally must have been a month or so before I did my Achilles I was back to squatting like 65 70 kilograms and I remember one day you Sam and Warren were on the squat rack at the end and I did this, I did like 65 for like three and I racked it and Sam just was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe that I'm doing this again. And then it was just crazy that a month later I snapped my Achilles and then it's, uh, that, that's it. And then I'm like, we're right back at square one, but this time I'm being told worse things. And I'm just like, this sucks. Cause um, you never got the privilege, but like, <laughs> maybe three years ago no it would have been two years ago because it was just as me and Sorrel started dating I was getting ready for a bodybuilding competition yeah I've seen pictures and things yeah, yeah I was 64 kilograms I had a six-pack you know like I was so body confident and I loved the way that I looked like I loved every ounce of the work that I put in and I was like I'm now sitting how much I'm sitting Oh God, I'm sitting like 14, 15 kilograms over that now. Mm. Like, I don't look bad, bad for it. I'm not turning around saying like, I look like the marshmallow man or anything like that, you know? But for me, that is the most mentally stressful part of it is that I, I, I am 14 kilograms overweight in, the, in two years mm. and there's not much I can do about it. <laughs> what's, right your to it what's your approach to it mentally? My approach to it is just is keep going with what I can do. So I can do the home workouts. I can go for a walk. I found out now that with the shoes, I, I don't get any pain when I'm running so much for at least like the first, I think I did nearly a kilogram, um, no, nearly a kilometer without any pain. So, but then I got pain and fluid and everything into the ankle afterwards. So, you know, I've got one of those massage guns coming, you know, like the Theragun things, not Theragun, but one like that to help move the fluid around my foot. And I'm just kind of like adapting to my situation. Like this is where I really wish I had the space to have even just like a, a bench, you know, or something like that, because I can still, I can literally work my body the exact same weight wise. So I can squat and everything. And that's where, um, I've been asking at work that they get an actual proper, they haven't got a proper bench. They've got one of those all in one benches uh -huh. and the bench is that short that you can't fit me on it. 
Like you can't fit me and dumbbells without like half of my back being off the bench. Oh, uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I, like, I'm spending myself a little bit, which is, you know, I can chest press 40, 45 kilograms, you know, so it's not lightweights. So I'm, I'm there and I'm like, well, I can't do this. And then also their weights don't go high enough. And I'm like, can I have some more weights, please? <laughs> yeah, that, that was interesting, actually, because when I was getting my, um, getting my gym equipment, it was like, it's very difficult to be annoyed at this, but I had to order the up to 170 kilo plates package. <laughs> and it's like, damn, I'm strong. Because <laughs> it would be a lot cheaper if I wasn't. <laughs> But it's yeah, I'm yeah, I'm in a fortunate position where I have the capability and space to to have that equipment. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how tough that might that must be for you in terms of like, you know, not being able to train, not knowing what you can do as well. Um, I've fortunately touched wood. I've never been in a position where I've broken something or caught, you know done something to that extent. Um, probably something that did affect me on a sort of kind of similar sort of thing was um, a week before we were meant to get, we were going on a hot the yacht holiday. Yeah. Um, I was actually up, up the ladder in the lock, going into the lock to get a suitcase for the holiday and didn't even think about it. I was, I was just wearing socks, ankle socks, the ladder slipped and I was probably, probably, I don't know. I think top of my head, I don't know. So, so my feet were probably, I don't know five meters up yeah my height on top of that so the ladder just slipped off the loft thing and then i just i fell straight down as i fell i just landed straight on the ladder and fell with the ladder and it yeah it was awful cut up under my foot and yeah it was awful and it was yeah and i was on crutches and i was wearing one of those orthopedic shoes i'm sure i probably you probably saw actually and uh, i did that on the sunday i was back in the gym on the wednesday um, I remember that. I remember you coming in with the boot on and I was like, what are you doing? And then funnily enough, when I when I was in my boot, I was walking in with my boot like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually on crutches. And I, I remember we went and I was on crutches and it was just like, I just need to lift something and just need to get blood pumping around. Because I'd sat there a week and gone, I mean, my foot elevated. I was like, I don't even go on holiday. I can't lift for however long because I couldn't walk. It was all of my, under, my, under my foot. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't put any weight on it at all. And I was literally sat on the, the bench and I, I just did everything I could do with the dumbbell flies, shoulder press, dumbbell press, bicep, you know, everything I could do. And I was just in this proximity and then went on the holiday, which was amazing. And it was quite funny actually looking back, thinking I was on a yacht on crutches, um, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Um, but don't worry, I was still the last one dancing all night. And then, um, you know, and then I think it was within like a week of then coming back. I then started doing legs and it was and it was like okay what can I do for legs bearing in mind I can't touch the floor with my left foot so I remember even like doing the leg press and it's how you it's funny how you sort of come around I remember doing the leg press and putting my feet right at the top so that the plate wasn't on the cut up bit of my foot so yeah push with my heels so I was literally doing that but even then I was like this is amazing <laughs> I'm doing something and that was like three weeks after I first did it and so I, I mean obviously I've never broken anything like that but so I don't know on that respect, but I can imagine how tough it is because I was, you know, I was, I didn't think I'd go on holiday. I didn't think I'd be able to train. Um, yeah, it was all well trained lower for however long, and 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 it, yeah, and we, I know we, I've had injuries along the way. I've, I've damaged my. I remember when I went to went to a um, 
what's it called? Chiropractor. I went to a chiropractor yeah. when I was like 18, 19. So I've been lifting for like a year, maybe two years by then, I think. Um, and they told me that they told me that I had a spine of like a mid 50 year old person or something like that. Wow. So like stiff and I just didn't warm up or cool down or do anything like that. I was just. You don't at that age though, do you? <laughs> I don't, I'm all right. I don't need to do that. But yeah, so even with the little weights that we did at the time, it, that still made an impact. And I, I remember being petrified at 18, learning that I've got someone, I've got the spine. And I think it was because it was so fixed or it was so warm, the, the bits in between, um, I don't know. But the bits in between were so worn down on the discs. I think that was the reason why. Um, but yeah, so apparently that's, that is what it is. I then saw, saw you know, seeked a, an osteopath and, and managed to get that fixed and did work on that and everything. But yeah, injuries along the way do suck when you're training because that is, it's what you do, isn't it? It's you live and you live and breathe training, whether it be just your walking or weightlifting or cardio or whatever it might be. So then, if you're that's pulled from you, and especially if you've done it yourself, like obviously injured yourself, like it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, so it's. I think it's interesting how you um. You got to overcome, adapt, and overcome those situations where you can't train. Um, even if you can just do something, it's, it helps so much, it helps so much. But yeah, one thing I'm gonna do, I'm definitely gonna, since our chat today, I'm definitely gonna start picking up my book again. I need to get on my reading again. <laughs> I'll be checking in with you, being like, have you read? Have you read? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trouble is, is like, I can't do it during the day because I just get constantly calls and emails and stuff all yeah. day, I just get distracted. And then I'll do it either early, early or late at night. And the trouble is, I'm, my eyes are just so tired. I'll just <laughs> yeah. read a page and my eyes will just go. So I need to work out, like, just think, do a break during the day or something and just split yeah. half an hour just to focus on it. But yeah. everything else I've been really, I'm quite proud that I've been able to embrace and, and take advantage of really on the situation we're in. Yeah, which is really, really good. And then on that note, I'm going to end this podcast because um, I think it's been going for over two hours now. Wow, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> One capsule. <laughs> you said, you said about doing two hours and I was like, I was there looking at the phone like, we ain't going to do two hours. Like, oh, it'll be fine. And then I looked at the phone and I was like, okay, or, or we are. We are going to do two hours. <laughs> well, this is nice to catch up anyway because you haven't caught up properly, especially since everything going on. 